What's up, Whisper Nation? Long time no see, but your favorite fantasy football tag team is back today for episode 91 of the Fantasy Whispers, and it starts right now. Yes, we're back again. We're back again. Hey, let's pump up the volume. Right here. What's up, Whisper Nation? It's Monday, February 10th, and you're listening to episode 91 of the Fantasy Whisperers podcast with your host, Johnny Gametime Hicks, and your boy, Big Travi. If you want to follow the show, you can do so on Twitter, at TF Whispers. You can also follow us on YouTube and Instagram, at The Fantasy Whispers. and you got to get over to the website, to thefantasywhispers.com. We've got all that swag up on the website for you there. As, long, as well as some of our archived articles and videos. And of course, new for 2019 and heading into 2020 is our Patreon account. You can help support our show by going to www.patreon.com and searching The Fantasy Whispers today. Johnny, game time, Hicks. What? We are back up? in the saddle, dude. This feels so good to finally get back on the, the mics. The What did they say? The ones and twos? The ones and twos, yeah. The ones and twos. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, so we're here. We're going to do something a little different uh, today. We're going to start our off-season schedule, which really just means we're going to jump into our dynasty uh, format and some of our dynasty stuff. But I really wanted to talk to Whisper Nation today, Johnny. Uh, Really come clean about a couple things that happened in 2019. Um, Really just set the record straight um, and, and really just get excited for 2020. So... Uh, without further ado, let's jump into that right now, Johnny. Um, we here at the Fantasy Whispers started this show based on our hometown league, our our, our league of record, if you will. Um, it's called the Only League That Matters, Toltum for short. Um, we started this podcast because uh, our infatuation with that league, our desire to continuously talk about fantasy football, and really the community that we had built within that 12-person league. Um, Johnny can speak to this. We draft in different locations every year. Um, we have a close-knit family. We do not allow a lot of outsiders around these, this sacred draft weekend uh, because it's very special and dear to us. It is from that exclusive inclusivity that we have created with Toltum um, that we made the Fantasy Whispers with a community-based platform in mind. But last year, we didn't feel like we brought that to you. We continue to try to be something we're not, something we claimed we weren't, and that was experts in the fantasy football industry. And so, Johnny, um, I just want to apologize to Whisper Nation today because we failed you last year, and we're not going to do that anymore. We're not going to try and be something we're not. We're going to bring you best and the worst of fantasy football, the reaction, uh, the joy, the the pain, the sorrow, and we're going to bring it to you in a realness that is not matched out there in the industry. Um, And so I hope that you'll continue with us on this journey. You'll tell us what you want to see, what you don't want to see, what you want to hear, what you don't want to hear. And you'll help us grow this into the biggest fantasy football community that we can make it be. And help me and Johnny bring you uh, amazing content each and every time. Yeah, definitely. We we love hearing from Whisper Nation. They are very supportive. Uh, You guys have always been there for us. And we want to reciprocate that, but we also want to be true to ourselves. And I think that with this new kind of format, 
uh, we will be able to be true to ourselves, but also be true to you guys. And, you know, it's not to say that we aren't going to bring any more fantasy, you know, advice or anything like that. It's just going to come from what we see from the industry, which is what we always have done, you know, throughout our, you know, fantasy football careers. We always talk the stuff that we talk amongst ourselves and in our Totem group uh, based on what we research and what we look up. And that's where we want to be true to. We want to bring those conversations to light and talk those topics and not necessarily just give you guys stats upon stats because those are weren't as exciting. And that's not why we play. We don't play because of the stats. We play because of the community and the camaraderie the competitiveness and all that. And that's what we want to bring to our show. That's who we are. We are the fantasy whispers. And so we're, we're looking forward to our, uh, this new, you know, outlook and really trying to be true to ourselves. So we hope, uh, like Travis said, that you will remain with us. We will still be giving really good content and, and giving advice. It's just going to come from a little bit different of a place. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, coming back home it's not exactly a comeback if you will it's just kind of re um, getting on the same page of what we're you know staying true to us and staying true to what we love to do and so that means we're going to keep bringing you that content and part of that content me and johnny put together uh we got together we said what are we going to do from now until kind of the draft and and getting into the you know the off season and, and i know people are still kind of itching for fantasy football if they're playing dynasty and me and Johnny um, took a, a, a few buddies from the Toltum, the only league that matters group, and a few buddies that we knew liked Dynasty or liked the concept of Dynasty football. And last year we created our first Dynasty league together called the Dynasty Whispers, <laughs> aptly named after uh, <laughs> our, our uh, podcast here. So the Dynasty Whispers is a league we want to make public in a sense that we want people to see uh, what is going on within this league because we want to grow the dynasty uh, subset of players as well within fantasy football. You know, Johnny, right now we're looking at an estimated 59.3 million people that play fantasy sports in the United States and Canada alone. And each player is spending about 556 per year on league entry fees. We know this is a gigantic industry. We know that people are searching for how to do this year long. We know you know, from the success of the fantasy footballers who are a year-long podcast, we knew that you could be a year-long podcast in this industry. But what would make you do that? And I think that Dynasty is a good facet to get into. And so today, Johnny, I just want to talk a little bit about Dynasty football. Um, you know, in this Dynasty Whispers League, though, I, uh, you know, I had to put this belt up here because I won Totem, Johnny. I was able to win the only league that matters here, but I got dead last in Dynasty. So just to peel back the curtain again and to show you guys we're still figuring all this out too um i i am admittedly the turd champion in <laughs> dynasty um nobody eats shit like me in the dynasty whispers <laughs> that's for sure well and i didn't follow you you know i was also in the bottom you know in the turd bowl tournament uh they say i did end up winning that which was nice um i'm making some moves but it is completely different to us. Like Travis said, we had never been in a dynasty league. Everyone in our community was saying, you got to get into the dynasty world. And so we made the leap. And today we'll share some of the things that we learned in our first year, what we want to accomplish in the next year. Um, 
but I am really looking forward to this draft, Travis, because uh, we will be posting this video in there, the whole uh, lottery that we had last week. What's going on, Whisper Nation? Just jumping on here. So it is Super Bowl Sunday. We will have things up and post it for Super Bowl Sunday in just a little bit. But first, this is why I'm so excited for today. It is our Dynasty Draft Lotto. Uh, first year for rookies, so we're excited about this. We're only doing the top four picks in this draft lotto, uh, so we're going to get into it right now. So what's going to happen, I've got four balls in here. We've got a number one. We've got a number three ball. We have, in memory of Kobe Bryant, we've got an eight, and we have a 24. Alright, so I will mix these up. I will draw these out one at a time, label them with the four people who have a possibility to get a top four pick. Travis, Brett Zavo, Chelsea, and me. And then once we have those names drawn to a number, I will drop them in the game time draft lotto machine here. Turn it on. And the order of the balls that come out will go from 4, 3, 2, and then the number one overall pick. So, here we go. So, drawing out. These are for who gets what ball. So, number... This one will be for Travis. This ball is for Travis. He is the number eight. Drop it right in there. Right down here. Travis gets the number eight ball. Kobe Bryant, eight. It's a good one. I wanted that one. Not going to lie. All right. Next one is Zabo. Zabo gets the number 24. The two Lakers fan. Uh, get the two Kobe Bryant numbers. Good for them. So 24. Next we'll do Chelsea. Chelsea gets the number three ball. Which means that I have the number one ball. Alright, so we'll turn on the machine and decide our fate. Alright, again, this is for the number four pick in the draft. Oh, number four pick goes to me. That sucks. Although I deserve that one. Alright. I have the number four overall pick. Next one. Number three, Chelsea, going in order of finish so far. So right now, Top two picks are still available, Travis and Zabo, the two Kobe Bryant numbers. And the number two pick goes to Big Travi. He gets the number two pick, which means that Zabo gets the, let's see, turn the I think 
you guys get the idea. Travis, or I mean, uh, Red Zabo, number one. I'll show you the number in there. Number 24. So Brett Zabo has the number one overall pick. Big Travi, number two. But what's awesome is I have the number one overall pick because I traded for that pick. Way to go. Um, but all right, so Zabo, number one. Travis, number two. Chelsea, number three. And me, number four. I ended up with uh, the number four overall pick. Big Travi ended up with the number two overall pick in our rookie draft. And then I had also traded George Kittle uh, because I have Mark Andrews as well. And I saw the value of George Kittle was a little bit greater uh, as far as other what other fantasy owners um, had expect, you know, what they expect and think about George Kittle. So I ended up trading. I took a little bit of gamble uh, before the draft. And I traded Kittle to uh, an owner that also owned a top four draft pick we didn't know where it was going to land and luckily enough it paid off for me and i landed the number one overall pick so now i have the number one the number four and then i also traded uh for the number five overall pick so i'm really looking forward to this rookie draft travis hoping that i can really start stacking my team uh in this draft uh looking forward to this yeah, so just for those that may have not played Dynasty before, um, you know, Johnny's done a lot of work here for his um, situation here to kind of tell you a little bit about his team. But if you're not familiar, Dynasty is a format in which you're going to keep um, a subset or literally most of your roster for years on end. Core is going to stay intact or you have the opportunity to keep that core intact. Um, you could obviously do things like trade and move players away. But unlike a redraft league, like many of you probably play in, um, this is a league in which you're going to keep players year after year. So, um, you know, things become a little more important. Uh, the age of players becomes really important. Career length comes into play where you might see wide receivers valued a little bit more because their career length is longer than that, say, of a running back. Uh, if you can land a really top-notch Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson young quarterback, you're feeling good about the state of your franchise, if you will, because you're going to be able to, like other um, you know, franchises in the NFL, you're going to be able to be set up for a while with these players. So um, unless you're like me, who drafted Cam Newton and Ben Roethlisberger last year, yeah, uh, you know, I, I waited on quarterback because I wanted to stack young players. Did not work out because some of the young players I stacked weren't really quite ready to take that leap into the NFL just yet. So there are pitfalls in this strategy as well that you just have to monitor. And I think the biggest thing, Johnny, and what we'll get into a little bit today um, is rookies. And, and because after you do your startup draft – you, your first draft ever in Dynasty is going to be a draft that includes all the rookies and all the players available, right? And that's how we drafted last year for the Dynasty Whispers. Uh, Johnny, we did our draft in August. Uh, yeah, we did our very first draft in August because we wanted to get the, you know, the most up-to-date information on our very first draft because we knew it was the foundation to our entire league. So we waited until August to make our drafts uh, the first year, but this year we will have them. Uh, shortly after the NFL draft because we will only be doing rookies. So it'll be a little bit better for us too, timing-wise, because at the end of the summer, as most of Whisper Nation knows, there is a lot of leagues that we are in and there are a lot of uh, drafts that we have to attend. And so this is going to be fun because it also moves up that whole experience to you know a month where 
otherwise we would just be like, oh, these new rookies came in. What are they going to do? It's all speculation. But you're not super, super interested in it um, unless, the, you know, the top key players. Whereas now it's a little bit fun, more fun because, you know, we have another draft and it's earlier. So yeah. we can we can just and focus on that. Yeah, yeah, I do like that point, Johnny. You know, your startup draft is a lot of pressure, right? Because it's your first draft and you're saddled to these guys. And that's the other thing about building this dynasty league, right? We really, it was a meticulous process me and Johnny went through. Well, two reasons why. One, we had the only league that matters, right? We had this other league that was very sacred to us, very special to us. We didn't necessarily want to try and pull any value away from that league by building a dynasty league, which, you know, we know that the only league that matters will last forever. We know that based on who, what the people we have in it and what we like to do and the way we love fantasy football. And we know Dynasty is supposed to last forever. And so when you're competing with these two ideas, it was very tough for us to build this process. So not only in a Dynasty League do you want to be very meticulous about who you select just in any Dynasty League, but we wanted to be a little extra special because we had other leagues that we were in that we didn't want to pull away attention from. And I, I have to say, Johnny, after a year of doing this, I feel like we've stayed in our lanes in both leagues. Mm -hmm. And I feel like um, we are very attuned or tuned in to what we need to do in each league. And so I'm very um, proud of what we've done in the Dynasty Whispers. I'm proud of the group we have together. Um, I'm going to be proud of the way that we come together and make the new rules and stuff. But I think when you're you're setting this dynasty league up, you have that first draft, you know, your your startup draft, and it's a lot of pressure. But then now we come into a whole new animal as we talk about with these rookies because you're essentially an NFL scout, GM, coach, all you know, balled into one, uh, trying to make your decisions about your roster here. And I think it's a really important thing to note because, um, you know, what makes a good rookie or a prospect. And for me, I think there's three key facets into picking a rookie. One, you've got to know names. You've got to know the name value of guys, you know, the program they're in, hypes up their name. If they, people have been talking about them, if they were talking about them two years ago, but maybe you had a bad senior year, you got to kind of keep your ear to the grindstone on that and kind of think that up. Two is talent. Obviously, that is what's going to transcend above name, transcend above situation and uh and really boost your prospect into the next level if he's got that talent and then third and finally is that in fact situation his landing spot mm -hmm. where will he go and you know trying to look at the landing spots it's so, it's, um, it's kind of funny travis because since i do have so many you know first round picks i've been really kind of glued to a lot of where these you know mock drafts like the todd mcshay mock drafts and i've been really glued to them for the first time you know in a in a long time uh, normally i just will kind of keep an eye on you know the cardinals and you know maybe where they land I'll, I'll you know a couple of the top guys i'll i'll worry about where they land you know maybe you know because they could have some immediate fantasy impact right but it's yeah. funny now that you know we're really diving in and we really have to make decisions not only that are year long like they're going to affect our dynasty team for the future and it's funny because you look at some of these mock drafts and i will literally click off of them because i'll be like jerry judy to oakland yeah i don't like that fit as much you know or like you know <laughs> and so i end up you know i'll go to another mock draft and see where they have them and be like you know and uh, so it, it's kind of funny how your whole perspective kind of changes based on what you have, what you kind of are looking for, what you would want, what your idea situation mm. is. Um, so it, it's a lot of fun. It's, it really is a, an experience that is so different than what we have experienced to this point. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, we're obviously still learning here. We have an idea of, you know, Johnny's talking about what he's looking at as far as uh, massaging these uh, uh, mock drafts, so to speak. So I think there is that situation of, like, what I think should happen. But then there's the draft. It's going to happen. You're going to see the landing spots. And then it's a quick turnaround of about a month till May when you're drafting your rookies. And so um, this is going to be a very uh, touch-and-go situation. But I think today what I really wanted to dive into a little bit is the name, the talent, the situation, and, and keep those things in your mind. Situation being the third for a reason because you don't know it yet. But having a great idea of which teams would be great landing spots for a wide receiver, mm-hmm. for a running back, based on roster manipulation, um, for a quarterback, based on wide receivers that are on your team that maybe need a quarterback. You know, maybe you're sitting on Terry McLaurin and you're like, uh, is Dwayne Haskins the answer or will Washington go for another quarterback? Um, you know, you're looking at Miami and some of the talent that they have, Devontae Parker, um, you know, some of the guys that are on their team, and you're saying, well, they could use a quarterback, you know, if we could get somebody in there. So is Tua the answer for a Devontae Parker owner in Dynasty? We don't know, but we can kind of forecast as much as we can prior to the draft. But I think the important thing now is to watch tape, watch film. And I don't just mean what you're going to do first. And I think this is a good get your feet wet when you're looking at tape. And look, I'm not an expert at looking at tape. I I just started looking at tape really in the last two years as far as college uh, players coming in because we were getting ready for the podcast. But I will tell you, you know, I saw some things on tape that really made me excited for players like Miles Sanders last year, players like uh, Daryl Henderson last year, because you could see things on tape that you see and you're like, oh, yes, this looks like a talent. Um, And then, you know, kind of the vice versa there with Miles Sanders, it kind of translated a little bit Mm -hmm. in the NFL with Daryl Henderson. It did not translate as much as we thought. So there is two sides of the coin. But I think the important thing with watching film, Johnny, is not to just watch the highlight tapes that get made here, because that's really just going to show you their best plays. Right. Try to Google these players and different years that they played and see if you can get packages of a bunch of their film cut up together. Um the good, uh, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, yeah. You want to do it all because that's really going to give you an idea uh, of what you can do or what they can do and and what they can do on the field. So I think that's a good point. And then the other thing is obviously the situation. So what I did is kind of, uh, you know, I'm looking at these some of these spots that are intriguing that are in the top, uh, top ten. You look at, like, the New York Giants who are loaded on offense, what are they going to do? Um, you know, they'll probably go – you know, a lot of these teams are going to go linemen, I think. Yeah, and that's – Linemen or, or defense, and that's fine. But when you get into some of these players, you know, Johnny mentioned uh, the Oakland Raiders. You know, what are they going to do at wide receiver? We know they traded away Amari Cooper. Do you like uh, a wide receiver going there with Derek Carr? I, I don't know if you do, you know. Um, but, you know, there are other interesting ones like the New York Jets who have a Sam Darnold, you know. Maybe they get a, a wide receiver. We know that. Uh, maybe they get. Uh, maybe they're crazy because it's Adam Gase and they draft. Yeah, him I was going to say we know did, that Adam Gase is talking crap on you, Le'Veon Bell. Dude, did you see the interview after it was? It was literally right after the season, and there was a reporter that had asked. They were like, "Will Le'Veon Bell be your running back next year?" And he was like, "That's not a question for me. That's a question for the GM. He's under contract for two years." And it's like, I don't understand what his beef is so much with Le'Veon Bell. Like, I 
I don't understand it. It's so I funny mean, literally, me. you could just look at Adam Gase, and he's got a beef with every running back that he's ever had. Um, he just continues to have that. And then you look at guys like Kenyon Drake go off to Arizona and actually prove his worth. Um, so it's just kind of funny, and that's that's what we're talking about with situation. Understanding what these coaches want to do, what they've historically wanted to do, um, and what they're capable of doing. And so, look, I mean, there's some great teams here that could use running back help. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are, are at 14, and in a Bruce Arians offense, they could use running back help, That mm-hmm. and that guy could easily be a top 10 running back if he's got the moves. And so you look at some of the guys that are able to fall there, or even, you know, outside of, you know, a lot of what happens with running backs, you'll find that they go in the second and third and fourth mm-hmm. and fifth rounds because things are a little bit more scarce at other positions as far as offensive linemen, uh, teams that are quarterback hungry. You know, it's a foregone conclusion that Joe Burrow, uh, I guess we could call him smoking Joe Burrow now that he's yeah. just talking on cigars. Dude, uh, that's like all he does. That's his main thing, smoking yeah, cigars. Dude, that guy's such a pimp, dude. Like, dude, I, I can't, I cannot believe this. The, the little boy that he looks like, but he's just such a man on the football field. That oh, I know, like it's it's insane. Chucking bombs. I just hope that Cincinnati does not ruin him. Um, but he'll be a hot name in your rookie drafts, and you'll have to understand, you know, if you're like me, who you're rostering right now uh, before cuts, you're rostering Eli Manning, who just retired, Cam Newton, who's hurt, and Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, who's either close to retirement or hurt himself. Uh, <laughs> so uh, you, maybe you're looking at a Joe Burrow, and maybe you're saying, okay, what's it worth? Um, and you've just got to maneuver based on your team needs. So, But you also look at the NFL team needs that are around there, and I just, I'm really excited to dive into the tape. I think by the time we talk next time, um, Johnny, we'll be able to kind of bring some of our favorite guys within the top five to ten um, in running backs, rookies, wide receivers, and why. Um, some of the story behind him, that's always my favorite with football, is some of these stories. You look at Joe Burrow, who was a transfer, who everybody wrote off, had a horrible career. Well, not horrible, but not great. Mm-hmm. And then he just torched the field this year. You look at Tua, he will be battling some scary injuries, some scary uh, medicals coming into uh, the draft. Where does he land? How long does uh, do teams wait on Tua? I think now... He's got the benefit of being in a league that medical has gone so far in this league that the, you you could be very accurate about what's going on with those players. Um, so there's there's a lot to think about there. Well, you know, and also some I interesting mean, one of the free big, agents. Yeah, yeah there ahead. there are some really interesting free agents, but also you were talking about how wide or running backs tend to go in the second, third, fourth, and fifth, and I think that what we are seeing is a complete shift in. And what and that and that does bring up one of my major points that I learned about fantasy football this or dynasty fantasy football is just how short of a window these top running backs are, you know, are in you. I looked up uh, two years ago, Travis, I looked up the top 25 running backs for two years ago, and there are only out of the top 25 that finished two years ago, there are only six that are still relevant and be and be top 20 running backs in this upcoming draft that are ranked that way. Um, so that is such a high turnover rate. And a lot of these, you know, franchises are looking at these running backs and saying they're pretty expendable. I mean, look at the Arizona Cardinals situation. Two years ago, we were talking about David Johnson and Todd Gurley as being the top two running backs for their franchises, like in the league. 
And now you're looking at fast forward to today, and you've got the uh, the L.A. Rams. I'm sure Big Travi can attest to this on on sports radio in L.A. They're saying, what are we doing with Todd Gurley? Are they going to cut him? They owe him a lot. They're not using him. They're supposed to actually have a conversation with Todd Gurley uh, in the upcoming day. He's owed like a $7 million roster bonus. And then over here in Arizona, they, you know, there was a tweet that was like a misinformed tweet about the Cardinals releasing David Johnson, but he, they're not going to actually just release him. It would be too much of a cap hit. But they're Send saying – Send him to Tampa Bay. I would love that. Um, yeah, me too. But they – yeah, right. <laughs> I have him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's just, you know, you it's crazy how fast these guys just turn over and you well, don't and, uh, notice to speak it. to that – to speak to that point, Johnny, the average career length in the NFL is 3.3 years, right? But then you look at running backs, it's 2.57 years. These, This is the biggest turnover in the NFL, the shortest career span in the NFL. And look, this is a violent game. We get why. These guys are literally lining up 20 to 30 times a game and getting pounded by these defensive backs to the tune of basically – a car wreck each time mm -hmm. and so you look at this and you're saying oh gosh this is uh this kind of brutal and then you're watching the nfl adapt you're watching guys like Kenyon drake get in here and getting worked on second and third down or chase edmonds coming in to speak to your arizona cardinals and getting worked on second and third down catching passes you know you're doing what the patriots have been doing for a lot of years and working in multiple backs and so as a fantasy owner you're going oh my god no please don't do that like i want the bell cow right but honestly you can maneuver, you can you can vibe and ebb and flow with the NFL and maneuver around the way that they're doing it. I think the best way to do that is to build a core around the other positions if you're feeling comfortable enough to do that, and that means wide receivers. And so to kind of jump to that wide receiver category, Johnny, what I found was I didn't, I didn't personally um, put enough stock in my wide receiver core to start the year, and I probably should have drafted a little more wide receiver because – you know, I went um, one and two. I went Dalvin Cook and David Johnson. Now, Dalvin Cook was a stud, and he and he carried my team to what little wins I did get. Um, but then David Johnson, the issue that have there, you know, three different running backs turned through Arizona this year and, and, and all flashed their own kind of brilliance, except for David Johnson. Um, and I think, you know, instead I waited on wide receiver and, and tried to draft – uh, you know, Marquise Brown and Chase or I'm and sorry, and Christian Kirk and some of these guys that are on my team. And I think that they have bright futures. I think that Christian Kirk will be good. I really think Marquise Brown could be special, special in this league. Yeah. But I think, you know, I should have put a little more weight in those first four rounds in wide receiver. And I think I'd be sitting here a little bit better. And I think that's because the NFL is changing a little bit, Johnny. The rules now, you know, the NFL did a study a couple years ago and they found that if the quarterback got hurt, in on a team the viewership went significantly significantly down for that team and so what did the nfl say uh quarterbacks getting hurt equals less money for us uh we're going to go ahead and change the rules of the nfl and allow for it to be a more pass happy down the field league and honestly the product is better because of it you know i do enjoy a good defensive running back battle but we like these shootouts that are happening as well and i think that puts uh, an emphasis on wide receivers, tight ends, pass catchers, uh, quarterbacks, all those things. And I think those are the careers that are going to last longer. And in Dynasty, that is probably how you have to build your Yeah, and I mean, that was kind of the route that I ended up taking, Travis, where I went wide receiver heavy uh, with my first three picks. You know, I had, you know, I got um, 
Julio Jones, and then I, you know, I have Devont. Mm-hmm. I took Devonte Adams with my first round pick. I took Julio Jones with my second round pick, and you know, and I also ended up getting AJ Green. You know, I think in the third or fourth round um, at the time when we drafted. So my wide receivers are are hopefully going to look good. You know, having AJ Green on my bench all year really, really did suck. Um, that yeah. was not fun, and that was partially the reason why. You know, I didn't invest heavily in running backs because I knew that you know their their lifespan was pretty short. So this next year, I'm looking. I'm you know it's looking up because I did take Drake. I was a believer in Kenyon Drake uh, last year, and so that hopefully will pay off for me this next year. And you know I got Devin Singletary, who I'm gonna rely on heavily as well. And then like I said, I have so many picks bunched in the first round where I'm hoping to grab a, a running back or two that, you know, will boost my team up. So um, I did kind of the opposite of what Big Travi did. But again, you're looking at this, and w- this is what the big major point that I learned was just, look, when you're in Dynasty, you got to look at it as more of like a two to three year span. Because mm-hmm. when I initially was thinking about it, I'm like, oh, five to seven years from now, yeah, who am yeah. I going to want? And that was kind of the wrong mentality to have. Uh, because yeah. I ended up, you know, taking a couple of guys that I probably shouldn't have taken because I was like, oh, they're rookies, you know, whatever. And five to seven years are going to be beasts. But it didn't really work out that way for me. Yeah, I think um, that's a great point, Johnny. And and just to speak back to that career length uh, around that hovers around that three years, two to three years is a good point. You know, you have to have that two to three year plan. And if it's not working after two to three years, you got to reassess and kind of, uh, you know, go after that. I think based on what you've said and what we've kind of learned this year, um, I think wide receiver getting a little bit more creative with wide and then, uh, you know, kind of going from there. Uh, I, I, I need a lot of help. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Uh, looking at my roster, I'm not exactly excited, but I think that there are pieces. I think if I can work some trades and really hit the rookie draft well, which is why we talk about getting in there, diving deep into tape, and then sticking with us here on the Dynasty Whispers because we're going to kind of do our case for rookies, our um, you know scouting, our our you know our film sessions with you guys over the, uh, the next few months, and I think you guys can really use this if you're playing Dynasty or if you're not playing Dynasty, kind of look at what it would look like to do. And if you are a football nut like us, and you're a fantasy football nut like 59 million people are. <laughs> Uh, in the U.S. and Canada, then I think you guys are going to really enjoy Dynasty and could really get into it. And why not take a little refresher course or or a uh, you know shadow course, if you will, to get into it. So, Johnny, I think this kind of uh, wraps up our first episode of the Dynasty Whispers podcast, a faction of the Fantasy Whispers podcast. Uh, and I'm really excited about what we've got coming on the for the rest of this offseason. Really excited to get back on the mic with you guys and really excited that Whisper Nation was here with us um, if you guys want to follow the show as always, or if you have any questions about dynasty or about, you know, what platform to use or, or, you know, a strategy that you're really kind of thinking about before you dive in, hit us up on the comments below. If you're watching on YouTube and leave us a review or, or hit us up in our DMS on Instagram at the fantasy whispers. Um, you can also do that there to get a hold of us. We appreciate you guys so much. As always, I'm Big Travi. That's Johnny Game Time Hicks, and we are the Fantasy Whispers, and we're out. <laughs> Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whispers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. 
You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whispers.